Hello and welcome to My Big Idea, an ASOS podcast. I'm Siam Gorwich and today my guest is Jen Long, who set up Girls Music Day. This is Jen's Big Idea. Hi, so um, first up, can you just tell us a bit about your work background and what you do in general? Alright, hi, I'm Jen Long, I'm the music editor at DICE. We are a live music discovery app. You can use us to find out about brilliant gigs, clubs, festivals, loads of stuff going on in your city. And you can buy the tickets with no booking fees, which is doubly awesome. And um, yeah, I've had a bit of a... Oh, I don't know how to paraphrase it. I, I've got a long career backstory and done quite a few different things, um, but all sort of within the boundaries of music. So how long have you been working in the industry? I would say I've been working in music for about 10 years. So at what point did you decide to set up Girls Music Day? Where did that idea come from? Um, Girls Music Day has been something that we've been trying to make happen since since the summer actually um, I first came up with the idea while talking to my friend Anna Borbrook who uh, plays violin in a band called the Airborne Toxic Event and also fronts her own band The Bulls and um, Anna and I have been friends for quite a few years and I was out staying with her in LA and um, she was telling me about how her band The Bulls which she fronts and then the rest of them are like guys and they went and um, they played and did like a talk at this uh, girls' music camp, this girls' summer camp that they had in Los Angeles. And that, to me, was just like a great idea. And she said that she left feeling really inspired and she told me all about it. And I was like, man, that's such a good idea to like have that sort of camp set up for girls at a young age. So if you are that kind of like weirdo kid in school who's super, super into music, you're not kind of being told, well, no, you shouldn't like the drums. You should go and, uh, you know, play with this Barbie doll or something. You know, there's like actually that sort of system already set up to kind of encourage young women like that so that they just you know know that they can pick up an instrument so they see these other like people who are doing amazing things and they have role models straight off the bat and people to look up to and just sometimes seeing that someone else is doing something gives you the encouragement to do it um and then actually anna went on to um her, her band the balls uh had a residency at the sat sat no, at the echo or the satellite i can't remember at a venue in echo park in la and um she decided to make the entire lineup girl fronted with like female djs and female artists musicians front women and uh yeah then she kind of from that it got so much press and so much attention that she's actually running something in la at the moment called girl school which is like uh, they just did a three-day festival where the lineup was completely women and um they had talks and panels so I think yeah obviously like her story inspired her as well. From your experience in the industry obviously you've been working in the music industry for 10 years do you think this is something that's definitely needed so is the industry different for women obviously we've had the whole Kesha case going on and then Grimes spoke out recently about being a female producer so are there barriers to women entering the industry and like moving up within it? I mean, I think that certainly in the past, and it's probably present today, um, you know, we, you, met, you outlined quite a few stories there, but, um, that, you know, there have been barriers facing women, and I would imagine that the further up you go within major record labels, large companies, that it does become harder. But for me, I never personally experienced anything, you know, too dramatic, too drastic. I mean, I've, like, been in a club DJing, and the sound guys come over and, like, fiddle with my mixer, and you're like... 
oh, come on, like, you would not do that if I was a dude. But at the same time, it's like, he's not doing it because he's, like, thinking, stupid girl, like, hate the fact that she's behind there with her big breasts. I don't actually have that big a breast, but, like, you know what I mean? Like, he's just doing it because he thinks he's, like, helping out. And I think sometimes we kind of mistake these sort of... um, stories that people, women describe as like sexism and, and you know it, it, not that it comes from a really dark place where I think sometimes it just beca- comes from a, a place where we're used to working within this rhetoric and we're used to having these ideals in our mind and I think one of the things that we're trying to do is sort of change the conversation a little bit so that every time we talk about women in music it isn't it's really difficult for you it's really hard you're going to have a terrible time you're going to be faced with barriers and it's actually hey do you know what working here is great this is an amazing industry you get to do such cool things it's so creative people are so nice it's so fun so just trying to encourage young people and I don't think that you encourage young girls every time we just reel out the same hey it's really difficult do you know what I mean oh it's brilliant so it's actually you're taking it from the angle that this is just so much fun you should do this as well the the music industry is only going to progress and get better if we fight for equality and the way to do that I believe is with positivity instead of just finding like one guy who's accidentally said the wrong thing or written the wrong thing down and pointing fingers and going on some social media crusade against them do you know what I mean but like it's it's so easy to write off like 140 characters of negativity it's actually quite hard to like be positive and do something that's going to affect a really good change if you want that change I truly believe that you have to drive it i love that so you had the idea you knew you wanted it to happen how did you go about making it a thing so to speak how did you go about setting up the day and well first i talked to my boss who, who is actually a man uh, a lovely guy called phil hutchin and he was like all for the idea loved it said yeah just do whatever you want just go ahead and we'll be here to support it and yeah everyone at the company has been so helpful and um yeah, at first it was sort of finding a venue for it, and then we, I talked to my friend Lucy, who's at this new place called Sonor Studio in London in Shoreditch, and it's like this really beautiful space, and they're doing a lot to try and engage young people, young women, and artists with music and technology and working through like really cool experiences. So they were really up for hosting it, and we worked a lot with them. Um, then we had to do like things that we didn't imagine. So the first one was supposed to happen in like November or something like that, and we had to postpone it because... We really wanted to open it up to people under the age of 18, um, which meant we actually had to have, like, police checks and go on, like, courses to, like, make sure that we could work with young people properly and responsibly because there's so much that you have to learn in in that aspect. So it's actually been, like, quite a long process getting to the point which was hosting the day on Saturday, which which ultimately made it all the more rewarding. But, um, yeah, there was just... it It was actually quite easy to book because I just reached out to, like few different musicians that I knew and a few different friends who work in the industry and the response was just so overwhelmingly great everyone was up for it it was just like do you want to come and talk yes great booked Um, and then even after we announced it there were just so many more women getting in touch being like this is really cool we want to come and speak as well Um, so we're totally going to do another one on the 23rd of July Um, so forgetting the other one that's going to come for now tell us about what happened on Saturday for everyone who wasn't there which sadly I wasn't so what oh, happened Saturday. on the day? Oh we lived the amazingness. For the morning, I like I don't think I've ever like silently sweated so much in my life. Uh, got there, set up, and then um, I, ha- I was trying to record all the talks for um, uh, to put up on SoundCloud afterwards, and we were periscoping it all as well because we wanted as many people to be able to listen back to it or to watch it live, even if they couldn't be in the room because obviously we had like a capacity to stick to, so we could only give tickets to a certain number of people who applied for them. Um, and then the recorder 
I accidentally knocked it and pressed a button, but I wasn't sure which button, and I didn't know what I'd done. So I spent about the first like five minutes because Clara Ampho was like she was like ten minutes late. She was our first speaker, Clara, lovely Clara, off Radio One. Um, she was about ten minutes late because she'd gone to leave the house and realised she didn't have her keys and she'd locked herself inside like classic peep show, you know. <laughs> so she was locked in the flat. She's like texting me like, dude, I found my keys. I'm coming. I'm gonna be a little bit late. I'm so sorry. I'm like, it's fine. Just get down here. And then second she got there, I'm like there just like panicking because there was level on the recording unit before and now there's no level going through the mics but I mean it was it was probably about three minutes in reality but it felt like a lifetime uh, that was luckily that was the only thing which vaguely went wrong the rest of the day was amazing Clara she did a really incredible talk about how she'd gone through the ranks at KISS from like a marketing intern up to co-hosting the drive time show and then on to BBC Radio 1 Extra where she was presenting her own show at the weekends then on to the chart show and now obviously she's uh, covering Fern's old slot well it's her slot she, she presents 10 to 1 on BBC Radio 1 um, and that was really really inspiring listening to her talk and her kind of like navigating her emotions of should she take the role she'd love one extra blah 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 and then um, we had Danae Moore who is an incredible singer songwriter and she talked about the time she played Jules Holland and she played a bit on her guitar and showed everyone like how she puts a song together and then we had Fern Ford who's the drummer of this brilliant band called The Big Moon and she taught like one of the girls how to do a kind of like 4-4 rock beat um, brought a drum kit along told us all about how she didn't really want a drum kit when her parents bought it for her but then she had one lesson and was like hooked um, and then finally in the morning we had two really great solo artists who are like best mates and kind of grew up through YouTube being like pop star buddies on YouTube together um, Lauren Aquilino and Orla Gartland one of whom is signed and one of whom is still independent so it was really interesting they kind of had this like fiery discussion and uh, it was so cute they'd like written out the whole talk on a Google Doc as well and they'd even like formulated a conclusion Amazing. <laughs> yeah, it was really amazing. <laughs> and then we broke for lunch and we had a different group of girls coming in the afternoon and that was more sort of industry focused. Um, so we had Lauren's manager, uh, a lovely lady called Jasmine Sherman, who sort of talked about being an intern and how she first got into the industry and how you have to kind of ask if you want that job, you have to go for it. Uh, and then we had a woman called Jane Third, who's head of A&R at Because, and her story is like mind-blowing, how she like found and discovered all these super early bands really uh, like super huge now huge bands really early on and took them to like her boss at the time and he passed on them all and then she just sort of started her own label and like absolutely nailed it and um, yeah now she's running because in the UK um, and who do we hear from who was up next I want to do it in chronological order otherwise I might miss someone then we had Steph Marziano who um, is a producer and engineer and she like talked about the time when she was brought in kind of last minute to mix the Idris Elba album and how he was just like loved all her mixes and how she worked with like the Prodigy and she used to do joke of the day for them when she was in the studio and what a producer really does and took us through all of that and how much of it's psychological and not just all that technical knowledge um, and then we had Claire Southwick who is a manager at Primitive Manager and one of the directors at Transgressive Records. She looks after the producers at Transgressive and she talked about like managing different producers and then how she went on to manage her own artists and she manages Spring King and what it was like when Zane Lowe opened Beats 
one with Spring King and how her inbox suddenly flooded and the journey that she's been on. Oh my goodness, then we had a little break and then we came back. We had Kath Hurley, who is um, a product manager at Rough Trade Records. She works with artists like Soak and Parquet Courts and Girl Band and she talked about how she loves putting an entire kind of album campaign together and putting together the strategy that can take an artist from their very first track to releasing that album. And then we had Iris Herskovich, who is a PR at RMP and she talked about kind of going from having like no music experience whatsoever apart from like the passion when she was younger for punk rock records through to doing PR for like U2, Sting, Blur, Damon and like how how much Bono likes to party with Noel Gallagher. Um, okay. <laughs> and then nice. I did a little talk and then finally we had Anya Strafford who um, does international for Caroline. Uh, Caroline's like a record label type distributor and um, about how when she was 15 her and her mates really wanted to put this band on in Nottingham and they emailed the booking agent because they found his email address on the internet and they paid like 500 quid for this band to come and play which seemed like the world to them with their like savings and their pocket money and uh, and they'd sold like 11 tickets the week before and it was something like a 400 capacity venue and then the Killers went and played a TV show and on the day of the show it had sold out and there were like 400 people jumping up and down and she was stood at the back of the room with her nan being like hey I'm 15 years old and I just put the killers on it's amazing it was actually an amazing day don't you just feel inspired listening it to does. that I feel exhausted and inspired <laughs> and now very sad that I spend the day moping around my flat cleaning so and also that I'm not 14 so well, I mean all the talks are going to be posted up one a day from today I don't know when this podcast goes out there so they might they might all be up there a couple of weeks have when in two weeks oh they're all going to be up there just go check out soundcloud.com forward slash dice fm and you can listen back to all of them amazing so you briefly mentioned earlier that there's going to you're already planning a second girls music day yes when is it what do you know who's going to be there how can people get tickets tell us everything you know so the next girls music day is going to be on july 23rd it's going to be at sonos studio again because they're so fantastic hosting us this time um as for the rest, I don't really know what the lineup's going to be yet. We've had a lot of inquiries of people wanting to come and talk. Um, but I think right now I just need to sit down and talk to a few people that I worked on this one with and figure out what we did that was great, what we did that you know maybe didn't work quite as well, and figure out what we're going to announce. Um, we'll probably announce the speakers around June time, but um, it will be the same thing again: free tickets. You'll be able to sign up for our ballot on Dice, um, and if you go into the app right now, uh, you can find a little remind me button on each event and if you click that then when we do open the ballot we'll send you a notification so you don't miss it amazing and lastly what advice would you give to someone else if they've had an idea like yours for something like girls music day and they really want to set up this really inspiring event but they just don't know where to start how would you what advice would you give them where should they start and I mean, I, I, I think that's the same for anyone who wants to start absolutely anything. If you've got an idea and you think that it can, you can make it work and you think that it's going to be amazing, then you should just start reaching out, talk to as many people as you can, put yourself out there, put your idea out there. And even if it doesn't happen, even if it happens and, you know, it doesn't go according to plan, as long as you've kind of put everything into it and you've come from a place of, like, good intentions, then I don't think anyone will ever judge you. And I think you probably will succeed. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. That was Jen's big idea. Tune in next week for another inspiring story and make sure you subscribe on Acast, iTunes or your favourite podcast app. Bye.